0: Hello, welcome to a podcast for The Lancet Oncology, which will accompany our September 2019 issue. In the issue this month, we have a series of papers about cancer care in small island countries. I'm joined on the line from New Zealand by Professor Diana Safati, one of the authors of the articles. Professor Safaiti, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about the background to the series, and why now is an appropriate time to investigate the state of cancer care in the Pacific and Caribbean regions.
1: Well, it's... Big. Small island developing states, particularly those in the Pacific and Caribbean regions, face particular um, issues in terms of cancer control, which are quite different to other um, LMICs and other countries in the world. Um, They've got very small populations which come with inherent capacity issues. They're very geographically spread, particularly in the Pacific region, where there's vast amounts of um, sea between each bit of land. Their cancer burden is increasing. They often have fragile economies. A lot of competing demand, and they're also at the forefront of the consequences of climate change. So it's timely to look at how they're managing this this increasing burden.
0: Tell us a little bit then about the five papers that make up the series. Um, what is current healthcare coverage like for these two regions? And do you have any examples of like early but uh, successful cross regional collaborations, for example? Well,
1: there are five papers in the series um, and there are two papers on each of the Pacific and the Caribbean region. So one paper each um, on those two regions looking at uh, the cancer control uh, continuum and the other two papers, one on each region looking at innovative or, or good practice that is helping. Um, and then the final paper looks at uh, recommendations for International agencies and and other countries, in order to, you know, in terms of what they can do to help uh, small island developing states, and what um, what those papers um, show, um, what the series shows as a whole, is that both regions as will have some, some real strengths. There's um, a real sense of collaboration between the countries in those two regions. Um, they're both working very hard in terms of NCD prevention and general tobacco control. But there are some um, very real gaps. So for example, in terms of prevention, um, gaps in more cancer-specific preventive activities such as cervical cancer prevention, both immunisation and screening, Cancer treatment is patchy um, at best, um, but the issues are slightly different across the two regions. So in the Pacific, there's less absolute resource available. So, for example, outside of Guam, which is one of the U.S. territories, um, and the French territories, the, the two French territories, outside of those, countries, there is only one medical oncologist, no radiation oncologists, and absolutely no radiotherapy services available at all, whereas in the Caribbean, there is a lot more treatment available, but it's very patchy, Um, and palliative care is another major issue for both regions, and there's some work going on now to develop that a bit further. But having said all that, um, there's also some really successful work to um, move cancer control forward. Uh, both regions have some excellent partnerships with um, regional high-income countries involving um, the management of children's cancers, and that's made a big difference. Um, IARC, um, the, the Global Initiative for Cancer Registries, um, through IARC, has been working with both regions to develop their cancer surveillance capacity. Um, and then there's some, some more specific um, uh, interventions going on, so for example, the Caribbean Association for Oncology and Hematology have been working with the um, uh, the National Comprehensive Cancer Network to develop um, regional specific resource appropriate treatment uh, guidelines for the Caribbean, and there's also an excellent um, regional approach in the Northern Pacific. Which has a number of countries come together for regional cancer planning, and that's been the sort of world first as well. So there's some really interesting things going on in those regions as well.
0: So the, the series uh, was launched at the Pacific Health Ministers' Meeting. How did the launch go? Uh, what was the response like? And what, what were the ministers' and health policy advisors' responses like? And, and importantly as well, what was, what was the public's response like?
1: Well, look, the launch went really well. And with this, these, these papers were very, highly collaborative. So we had, I think it was 64 authors in 27 countries across the series. And a lot of people across the Pacific had been heavily involved. We had involved... Um, we were actually working in very close partnership with um, health leaders in the region. And we had already presented the work to the regional um, heads of health. So the ministers were very receptive to this work. They were very grateful, actually, it was by far the most extensive review of cancer in the region. And they were grateful to have a real clear sense of the scope of the issue, and they um, they responded to the recommendations um, which are now incorporated into the draft meeting outcome document. So particularly strengthening NCD action and and advocating for a collaborative approach uh, to cancer control, I mean, in terms of surveillance, screening, diagnostic, treatment capacity. So, you know, a real sense of progress there or or momentum. Um, And so the next steps are, of course, making sure that it doesn't stop there. Uh, We we are at the moment putting together a meeting um, to occur Um, in a couple of months in Fiji, um, involving the key players in the region, both um, health leaders, potential funders and others, um, to look at two particular issues. One is the strengthening of uh, cancer surveillance, so that's with IARC, and the second one is focusing very much on cervical cancer prevention, so looking at immunisation and screening in the region.
0: Uh, So you you mentioned there briefly the next steps. Looking to the future as well, what are the next steps in terms of increasing public-private investment in the area?
1: Well, again, the two regions are quite different. There's a lot of um, uh, public-private partnerships within the Caribbean. That's a very common kind of model. Whereas in the Pacific, that's much less common. Um, almost all healthcare is publicly funded. So quite different models there. Um, we have we are hoping to present our work at the um, Caribbean Ministers of Health. Meeting, which is um, due to happen um, in a few weeks' time, uh, cancer is certainly on their, their agenda. So we're also hoping to to move this uh, this work forward in the Caribbean region. So so we, the, the work is ongoing, and it, I think the key thing is the engagement at the highest levels to make sure that uh, you know we, we progress, continue to progress positively.
0: And I believe in the last few days you have a big announcement in, uh, in, in terms of your recent appointment to uh, the Cancer Control Agency in New Zealand.
1: Yes, no, there has been um, a, a major announcement, a major shift in uh, cancer control in New Zealand. So we've just launched here a major new cancer plan, a uh, very broad-based uh, plan uh, from you know, prevention through to palliation and um, uh, created a new cre- a position um, which I'm filling at the moment as a National Director of Cancer Control. Um, and we are going to be launching a new cancer agency on the 1st of December. So a lot of activity here, which is fantastic to see.
0: Yeah, a lot to be getting on with. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today and uh, for contributing to these five papers, which can be read online now at com. Professor Zafeti, thanks again. Thank you very much.